Welcome to Church Unfiltered with Dr. Anthony Cops, a leadership podcast brought to you by Breakthrough Ministry Consulting. Hello, welcome to another episode of Church Unfiltered, where we are powered by Breakthrough Ministry Consulting. We are here to help pastors and church leaders answer the questions that they are really asking. Hey, guess what? I've added a new tool to the toolbox in my coaching and consulting business. I am also now certified to teach the Gallup Clifton Strengths Finder Assessment. I am now certified to coach in that area. And so I am encouraging you, encouraging you, if you have not taken the Gallup Strengths assessment that you need to go to gallup.com and take that assessment. There is a there is a fee associated with it, but I'm telling you, it is worth the investment. If you want to be a better leader, if you want to know more about how you are wired and wired is very important, then you go and take that assessment. And guess what? Now I am certified to coach you in how to read that, how to how, how to build upon that and how to use your strengths to be a better leader. If you have already done it, if you have already taken your your Gallup uh, strengths assessment, you have your top five, you have your top 10. And those of you who have taken it know exactly what I'm talking about. If you are interested in a coaching session, I'm offering this opportunity for the listeners of church unfiltered. If you are interested in a one hour coaching session with me to go through your skills, to go through your strengths, to go through your Gallup assessment, I am offering a 50% discount right now, 50% discount right now. If you send me an email, send an email to info at breakthroughonline.org, info at breakthroughonline.org, put in the subject line, Gallup strengths, Gallup strengths. And then let me know that you are interested in a coaching session. And I would do this for the listeners of Church Unfiltered. Make sure you let me know that you are listening to Church Unfiltered and we you will be able to get 50 percent off a one hour coaching session once you complete your Gallup Strengths assessment. I'm telling you, it will be worth your time. I am hearing nothing but positive things from those I have coached thus far. And so we are looking at adding that as a tool to help pastors, to help church leaders, church staff. It doesn't even matter. It doesn't even matter if it's church. This is for anyone who wants to lead with their strengths and not necessarily with their weaknesses. Okay. So I'm interested in seeing who's going to respond again, info at breakthroughonline.org. I look forward to coaching you, sitting down with you and discussing your strength. Now let's get into our content for today. We are talking about church mergers, church mergers in the business world. You hear about businesses merging all the time. You hear about uh, monopolies, basically, and and the resistance to that 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 is met when churches or I mean businesses <laughs> gather together or get together or one particular business owns multiple businesses. Um, but I'm talking about church mergers today. Church mergers. What happens when two churches or three churches even decide to come together under one? church. There are there are thousands of churches across the country that have done this. There are churches across the world that have done this. So it's nothing unusual. It's nothing new. It is an opportunity really for churches to even model something that is a benefit to 
the the people of God. And so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about church merger. So I want to just say this from the onset. I am not suggesting that every church needs to merge. Not every church does. Not every church will. And not every church needs to. But there is something beneficial to church mergers. And as we are coming out of out of covid prayerfully, we are coming out of the covid season. Many churches, they survived, they made it through. But there are some churches that are barely hanging on. And guess what? There are some churches that when the door is fully open and people are able to come in their their pews, their seats will not be filled. And so there is going to still yet be another another uh, occurrence, if you will, uh, that is a result of the pandemic. And that is, will the people return to church? And so we want to talk about church mergers. There's a possibility that maybe there is someone that is listening to me, a pastor, two pastors that are listening to me. You're in the same city. You're in the same area of town. Uh, and even if you're not there, are, there are people who are or churches that are have a great opportunity to be able to look at the possibility of merging together. But I want to talk about it. I want to talk about it from a from a practical sense. I want to talk about it from a practical sense. What are some of the reasons why churches would merge? Why in the world would two churches merge? I want to give you several reasons and then we'll look at some other things. We'll look at why they might merge and then what are some obstacles to that? So let's look at this. Why would some of the churches that are that are that are across the country? Why in the world would they merge? Here's here's what I want to suggest. One or both of the churches are dying. That's one reason why some churches merge together. One or both of the churches are dying. They are in a dismal place. They are struggling, whatever it might be. As I mentioned, some churches are struggling to stay open and a merger could be the lifeline for a church that has experienced significant decline or is on the verge of it. All churches are not meant to merge. There are revitalization options to consider as well. There's possibility. Maybe your church just needs to be revitalized. But honestly, there are many churches that are only going to live as long as the people who are currently attending are there. And merger might be the best option. One of both churches might be dying. So that's a reason why churches could possibly merge now. And, and I'm, I remember hearing someone say that the church, the church never dies. We're not talking about the church universal. There are many churches that close their doors every single day. And so why do that when you might have opportunity to merge with the church across the street, the church down the street, the church across town, whatever the case might be, you may be able to merge together and be able to to give life, give a new life, if you will, to a new entity. One or both churches are dying. That's the first one. Number the second one, the pastor is burned out or retiring. The pastor is burned out or retiring. That's another reason why some churches uh, should merge or have the opportunity to merge. Uh, it might hurt to, 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 to hear this, but, but some churches are dying out because of their leadership. Each of us has a season to serve, and it is quite possible for a leader to overstay his or her season. Could be the burnout is a result of overstaying your season. 
Usually a church like this will go through a pastoral search once once the pastor leaves. If the if the pulpit is vacant, there's this whole process, this long process. We're going to talk about that in a future episode, that long process of a pastoral search, which I pray to God that we learn how to do that differently, uh, because that is what is traditionally done. Merging with another church can allow new leadership to bring fresh ideas and energy to both congregations. Now, the pastor who steps down or retires or whatever the case might be should always be honored and respected and possibly serve even serve on staff or as an emeritus. But I have seen pastors breathe a sigh of relief when this option became a reality. I suppose I should say that I suppose I'll insert here that I have been part of several church merges. I've helped three or four churches do that themselves, and I have consulted a couple of churches in a merger process and it is not easy but it is a blessing if it is done right so so the pastor is burned out or retiring this is an opportunity to give life to a church to a congregation that may need leadership but the leader is tired the leader is burned out or the leader is retiring it's it's time for the the leader to go on and do something else And instead of that church going through this arduous pastoral search, the church has an opportunity to be able to merge with another church. So that's one. That's another reason why churches can merge. Uh, Another reason is property is being underused. There are churches with no debt, multiple buildings and land and a few members, a handful of members. There are newer churches looking for buildings, trying to find space and paying corporate leasing fees. I mean, when I was doing church planting consulting and I was helping churches to get started when I was working for the convention, I remember that many of the church pastor, the church plant pastors were looking for places to hold their services. There were churches that were spending two thousand, three thousand dollars a month to try to have a building, to try to have a place. And they were going in debt and they were getting themselves in trouble. And there were churches all around who had buildings that were sitting there empty. And I just I'm just amazed by it. Now, there's there's a lot of denominational work that is happening, trying to alleviate that, trying to partner larger churches or church or older churches, traditional churches or established churches with those new churches to make sure that that doesn't happen. But it happens all the time. Newer churches are trying to find a place. But then you have established churches that have space and no people. Why not merge together? Why not bring it all together or at least allow people to be able to worship out of that facility? And here's something here's something that may not be a popular thing to say, but I'm going to say it. Pastors, stop charging these these new churches a bunch of money to pay your bills, to pay your your rent and things like that. Why don't you consider merging the churches? If that's the case, merge the church together. But don't become a landlord to the church. Anyway, that's a that's a whole other thing. We'll talk about that another time. All right. So another reason, another reason why churches can merge, there's power in numbers. They understand the pastors or the leaders understand that there's power in numbers. You can do more together. You can do more by joining together than instead of being apart. I will never forget that I flew to Chicago one time. I went through a training and I went to Chicago. I don't even remember what street it was that I was that I was riding down. It was a a taxi was taking me down the street 
and it was on a Sunday after church. I, I got in town. It was a Sunday. It was probably about two o'clock. And I remember seeing the people coming out of church service from probably I counted at least 12 different churches on this one street because everybody seemed like they were streaming out at the same time. It was really interesting to watch. And I'm like, I'm looking at this and I'm thinking to myself, this is Chicago. The climate can be cold. And I'm like, I wonder how much it takes these 12 churches or more to to heat their buildings, to keep the power on, to, to keep the water going instead of them doing it individually. I just looked at that street and saw probably 12 or more different pastors, different leadership structures different and i'm thinking to myself why don't they just merge at least some of them two or three of them merge together instead of trying to trying to reach the same pool of people within the same neighborhood but so some sometimes it is best to join together your numbers are better together instead of trying to do something by yourself instead of trying to pay the bills and and hold on by yourself why not try to merge together? And then and then another reason why it's good, why, why joining together is good. It shows unity in the body. It shows unity in the body. I mean, what a testimony, what a testimony it is for for two churches, for pastors to come together and say, hey, we are in agreement. We're going to come together. We as Christian believers are often encouraged to walk in unity. But as we know, the church is oftentimes separate and segregated. It takes courage for for congregations to sit down together and consider becoming one. It might require the submission of one pastor to another pastor's leadership. It might require giving up preferences and our own desires. Having been part of, 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 of church mergers, I have seen the beauty of congregations agreeing to serve together. And I have watched pastors thrive even more than either has ever experienced unity for the believer is not a bad option. I, and some, some may ask, well, what, 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 what is an example of it? We have it right there at, at resurrection church where I serve as the executive pastor. We have um, a Spanish ministry, a Spanish church, a Spanish pastor who, who was thriving, who was doing well. And, um, and he decided that he wanted to merge with our church and we merged that church with ours and they are doing well and he is doing well. And he is a tremendous blessing to the staff at our church. And so it is things like that. We have to recognize and understand that there are opportunities to be able to merge. There are reasons that that there that we should consider merging together. But we also know we also know that merging together is not easy. I'll, I'll be honest with that. One of the biggest obstacles I want you to hear this. One of the biggest obstacles that I bumped into when I witnessed church mergers, you you might be surprised at this. I'm about to go into some other obstacles. But one of the biggest obstacles is what will we call it? That has been historically what I've experienced. One of the biggest obstacles to church merging. What are we going to call it? Because both pastors, both churches want to keep their identity. They don't want to give up their name. I'm a part of this or I'm a part of that. And so what are we going to call it has been has been a major issue. And you know what I tell these pastors, these leaders? Why don't you do this? Why don't you consider 
If one of the churches is not healthy and strong enough to absolve it, because sometimes that that name is better. If the church is healthy, if the church already has a great reputation that that might be better. Uh, why don't you consider starting a new entity? Why don't both names go away and you start a new one, merge the congregation together and start a new entity? So what are some other obstacles? What are some other obstacles? I'm going to run through these. Tony Morgan from the Unstuck Group. I, I like these obstacles that he has said that are hindrances uh, or 10 areas of ministry to get on the same page before you merge. This was just done just recently, just this last year. He put together this list. Number one, he said doctrine. Doctrine is there theological alignment between the two churches. You have to take time to understand. Do they believe what you believe? Are there nuances that could be divisive? Are there things that are happening that you are like, wait a minute, I'm not sure I agree with that. Are there is there a theological alignment? You have to find that out. Is the doctrine doctrinal beliefs in accordance um, with one another? I mean, you got to ask tough questions. You got to ask tough questions. What, what do you think about drinking alcohol, about divorce, about the role of women in ministry? You have to ask tough questions. What do you what about the use? What about the signs and of gifts? And and what about that? What about speaking in tongues and, and, and healing ministry and prophetic? All of these different things that people might believe that you may not hear until you have already merged. You need to know it before you merge. The second thing that, that Tony Morgan said is culture, culture, culture. Some churches try to merge together, but their cultures are totally different. You have to ask, is the culture of each church similar or does one need to wash over the other one? And how is that going to happen? The culture of the church. I mean, I just gave you an example of how resurrection merged with a Spanish ministry. It was called Mount Montalivos. They merged together. Now, it's to totally different cultures, literally. And so um, we don't try to make the, the members of uh, the members that were part of Mount Olivos. We don't try to make them be who we are. We allow them to be who they are. And we and, and we might make sure that we nurture that and we help encourage that. Um, Okay. Staffing, staffing. What about, what about if you have staff? What about if you have volunteer leaders, you have these people in positions of authority, what do you do there to, when you merge a church together, you have to consider that you have to ask what, you know, sit down and make sure you come up with a plan. What is going to happen to this youth pastor, to this musician, who's going to do what you have to consider all of that. Governance is another one. Governance. How is this thing? How are we going to run this thing? Are they going to be? Is it going to be staff led? Is it going to be board led, elder led? What is going to be the governing uh, structure? Budget is another one. A lot of times churches merge because they don't have any money in the bank. So what if you merge with a church that has a bunch of money in the bank, but your church didn't have a bunch of money? So I, I, do we use that money equally? Is there some stipulation that is there? You have to ask the right question. What about debt? What about debt? I mean, what if there's one that has a bunch of debt? Is, is the debt going to be paid off, which it should, the debt going to be paid off? Is something else going to happen? What agreement do you have? You have to ask these questions. Ministries, are there functional ministries of each church? Are they similar? Do you have totally different type of ministries 
or emphasis of areas of emphasis. And will that work? Will that continue on? There are some churches that are very good at outreach at local outreach. Will that continue on? There are some churches that may have a food pantry. If you merge with another church, will that continue to happen? Preaching that. Now, I said that one of the one of the top one of the top obstacles to people merging is is they want to know what name is this church going to be? I would say probably the second one is who's going to preach. If you have two pastors that merge together, this has been a major one. I remember having a conversation with two pastors that were merging and and I remember them basically getting into a back and forth about who draws more people. Man, that was a that was an interesting conversation, to say the least. You have to determine who's going to be the pastor, who's going to who's going to be the main preacher. Are you going to take turns? Are you going to is somebody going to become more of an of an administrative pastor and the other person is more of a teaching pastor? You have to ask these questions. Then uh, let me give you a couple more and then we'll we'll, we'll close out uh, leading the congregation, leading the just leading the congregation. How are we going to do this? How would the senior pastor and senior leadership team of the of the leading church build trust with the congregation of the joining church? How, how will that happen? That's that's always an issue. That is always how will they begin to see you pastor the pastor of the church that is the more dominant church or whatever the case might be or the healthier church? How will they see you as the leader? What are you what steps are you taking to make that happen? Then voting. How are you going to do that? What are the bylaws? What are the what is the structure of your new church? This two church merger and then. I like what Tony Morgan says. He says another uh, often overlooked area to consider is the launch phase. You have to remember when you merge two churches together, you basically are creating a new a new entity, if you will, because you have something different. You have something new and you probably should go through a rebranding. You probably should go through some kind of launch, some kind of focus, some kind of marketing uh, to make sure that people understand this. I think what happens a lot of times is that churches try to keep it low key. They try to make it smooth. They think that keeping it low key will be a smooth transition or make it smooth. And it actually ends up causing uh, maybe so causing some confusion because there may be some people who are like, oh, we didn't even think about this. We didn't even know about this or we didn't have an opportunity to celebrate this and to talk about this. Make sure that that is at the forefront. I know that there are some that may be listening like, well, you know, my church is not considering my church is my church not merging with anyone. You might want to consider it. There are going to be churches after the pandemic when we get out of this pandemic as we are coming out of this pandemic that need a church. One of the one of the fresh things that are happening right now is called fostering churches. Fostering churches are what churches that are healthy, that have are financially healthy and uh, spiritually healthy are fostering or taking on uh, a church that may be struggling instead of not necessarily merging with them, but just kind of helping them out along the way until they get on their feet. That's something to consider as well. Those are all things that I would love to sit down with with you, with your pastor, with your leadership team. If you are considering that or if you know of a church that is considering that, please, I would love to sit down with them and be able to walk through what are some things to consider, how these things that we mentioned on on this episode and how to put those things into practical steps so that you can bring all parties together 
and have a conversation about merging the church. And here's the last thing I want to say about this, and then we'll close out. You want to make sure that you hear the voice of the people. I know that you're a leader, you're pastors, you're having lunch, you're going together, you're going out together and saying, hey, we, we, we're going to do this. We're going to merge together. But you need the buy in of the people. Don't try to merge the two churches together and you haven't even asked the people. You didn't survey them. You didn't ask them. You just told them. Make sure that you have the buy in of the people because we have to keep in mind the church is people. All right. Well, God bless you. And I, I thank you for listening on today. That's it. That's it. We just wanted to run through some things and consider merging. If you are considering merging two churches together, please contact me at info at breakthroughonline.org info at breakthroughonline.org. Put in the subject line merging churches. And if you are interested in having a dialogue about this, I would love to sit down with you, love to to get on the Zoom with you or to even come to you and try to talk about. Let's talk about how can we merge churches together? And if you're in the middle of it and you need some help, some assistance with it, let's talk about it. Let's make it happen, because I believe that this is glorifying to the kingdom of God. And I believe that it will only make the church stronger if two churches can come together. All right. God bless. Have a good one. We will see you next time. Listen, next week, you do not want to meet miss next week's episode. I'm just saying we're going to be talking about leadership and loneliness. We got it. We have a guest that is coming. Just trust me. You want to listen to next week's episode. I will see you then. And you will hear me then. And until then, God bless you. God keep you is our prayer. Thank you for listening to Church Unfiltered with Dr. Anthony Cobbs. Be sure to subscribe to this podcast so you don't miss an episode. For more resources related to today's topic, visit churchunfiltered.com or follow Dr. Anthony Cobbs on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter.